Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. Hallelujah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right, all right. Good to have everybody here this morning. Thank you, those who are joining us online as well. God bless you in your pajamas. <laughs> all right. No, but thank you so much uh, for spending the first day of the new year with us. Amen. I'm excited for what this year holds. Um, the message I have this morning is a little bit of a conglomerate of a few words that God has been speaking in, in my heart the last couple weeks. And I feel like. Um, Man, I just have a joyful expectation over 2023. I don't know, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I, f- I feel like there's a joyful expectation of the Lord over 2023, and I think that we can tap into that. I'm not saying that there won't be anything to overcome or challenges, that kind of thing, but in the Lord, there is a joyful expectation over 2023, amen? And so I am I'm excited for that. I'm like, yes, God, amen, come on. Hallelujah. So I want to start off uh, giving us a word here. I felt like the Lord uh, gave me this this morning for us. This is not in your notes. You can follow along in the main preaching segment uh, that was prepared already this morning in the app. You can follow along in the church app if you want to follow along there. But uh, this is not in that that uh, uh, in those notes. So you can add them. There's a place where you can add your own notes in the church app, and then send it to yourself if you want to save it. But my, the, the thing that I felt like the Lord showed this morning uh, to, to, to me, who specifically here in the time of prayer this morning, was out of John chapter 17, verse 6. And the question is this, is what's in a name? What, ask your neighbor, say, what's in a name? What's in a name? See, um, when, if we would say, uh, how many of you know Matt? You would say, Matt who, Right? Because you, you don't have you don't frame a picture until until you know who the the person is that we're referencing, right? And and so if we would say, how many of you know Matt Shank? Oh yeah, they're like oh I know Matt Shank, right? Why? Because all of a sudden what happens is in your mind you get a picture of who Matt is, of maybe some funny things you saw him do, like in the video announcements or something, or like some. Uh, maybe it's some time that you spend with him in prayer or maybe some, you know, some things that you remember from like him growing up. And, and what happens is a, you know, a picture is framed not just of the name or the word Matt, but of the identity of Matt, right? Matt, I'm just using you this morning, all right? It can be anybody. But like, uh, but you, all of a sudden, you, you, you're, you, you come into almost an encounter, like a picture of, of whom the word Matt represents, right? Okay? So Jesus says this in John chapter 17, verse 6. He says this. He's praying to the Father, and you know he, he's going through, and he's praying for, for us. He's praying for those in the world who will believe through the word of the disciples. He's praying for, for us, you know. In verse 6, he says this. He says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. 
So Jesus, he says, I have manifested your name. So in the same way that when you say, hey, how many of you know Matt? Well, Matt who? Who are we talking about? Which Matt, right? Is it Matt Edgel? Is it Matt Shank? Is it another Matt, you know, that we, that we know or don't know? Like, until, until you get what happens when you realize who it is we're talking about, you see a picture you see like, oh, this is the personality, this is the joy, this is the passion, this is the calling, this is the anointing, this is what God has placed inside of him. This is, you get all of that when you understand. And Jesus says this, he says, I have man- Father, I have manifested your name. So there's not a manifestation of Matt until you understand, oh, who we're talking about. Jesus says, you know, I have manifested the name of God to the disciples. What that means is that everything that Jesus said, everything that he did in the flesh, everything that he represented, everything, every miracle that happened, every time he prophesied, every time he, t- he spoke and encouraged was a manifestation of the name of God. Amen? It was a manifestation of the name of God. It was Jesus manifesting, showing us, explaining, painting the picture of God's name, of God's will, of God's desire. And then a few verses later, in verse 11, he says, And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name. What he's saying, what he's praying for is that you and I and that the disciples at that time and and everyone who believes in him through their word is that we would live not just in the phrase or the words Jesus' name, but we would live in everything that Jesus manifest to us about the Father. And this is why, you know, in John 14, John 15, Jesus says, hey, when you pray and you ask anything in my name, it will be done for you. This is what that means. It's, It's in the identity, in who he is, in what he represents, in the vision of what he is given, in the identity of Christ, in the pleasure of Christ, in the pleasure of God, all that God has in our uh, for us in our lives. That's what Jesus is praying for. And so you and I were called to walk in the manifestation of God's name. It's a manifestation of His will. It's a manifestation of His purpose. It's a manifestation of His dream over our lives. Amen? I really believe, um, you know, that word that came forth, uh, it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. There was a song, there was like a prophetic song, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago or something. It says, It's time to live again. It's time to dream again because I'm taking off my limitations on God. It's time to live again. It's time to dream again because I am taking off my limitations on God. Yeah? So Father, we thank You, Lord, that You help us see Your name everything with, with, that Christ represents, everything that He brought us into. Lord, Your name is Your kingdom. It's Your kingdom. It's Your way of life. 
It's, it's the unity with which you've called your body to walk in. I thank you, God, that you manifest your name in and among us and that we would live out the manifestation of your name, God, just like Jesus did, just like Jesus did. Lord, we say let your kingdom come and let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Let's go into the preaching. We're going to start there in the beginning of your notes, there in, in the, the app. I want to talk a little bit about fasting. Uh, we're going to, um, for those of you who don't know, I think everyone probably knows by now, but we're inviting everyone to join a corporate fast. So what does that mean? Well, the word fasting means, technically, it means to put your hand over your mouth and not let anything in. <laughs> Sometimes we wish it wouldn't let anything out, but like, you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't mean that. It means to not let anything in, right? To, to, it literally means to abstain. <laughs> All right. No spouses are allowed to say amen at that point, you know. Right. It means to abstain from food or drink, right? That's what, it, that's what the word fasting literally means. Okay, and Matt covered different ways that you can fast. Now, I know that, you know, in, in this modern era, in the modern age, some people are on medications that require food. So we're not, we're not uh, advising you to go against any counsel or direction of your doctor. Amen? Is that good? I mean, your doctor might think you're crazy if you say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast. But, like, you know, if you're on medication that requires food, be cognizant of that. Be wise with those things, okay? All right, and Matt covered different ways you can fast uh, earlier in the video. So we just, uh, you know, in our invitation, know that we're not asking everybody to give up 100% food, water for 21 days, okay? All right, but um, we are asking you to give up something. And what that means is this, like, like um, what happens when we fast and why we fast is because, how many of you know we're a three-part being? Spirit, soul, and body, right? That's what the Bible teaches, that, that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and that we live in a body. Sometimes that, that order of authority, that order, that rank and order in our lives can get mixed up where we're not living out of our spirit being first, we're not living out of uh, our, our spirit being in charge of our life and our soul submitted to the will of God through our spirit and then our body submitted to our soul, sometimes we wind up getting that mixed up and we wind up living you know, just from appetite to appetite and we wind up Caring about the needs of our body more than the needs of our soul. And we wind up caring about the needs of our soul more than we care about the needs of our spirit. Yeah? Now, how many of you know it's important to take care of your body? All right. How many of you know it's important to take care of your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions? Yeah? But those, those two things, also, they, they need to come under subjection of your spirit. It's important to take care of your spirit. And it's important to live out of a place of spirit, soul, and body. And so what fasting does is it brings that back into alignment. Right? Where you say, no, no, no. My, the, the temporary desires, the temporary um, appetite is not going to rule my day. 
It's not going to rule my life. And in fact, I'm not even going to let myself get bent out of shape or grumpy because I am bringing... Now, I know sometimes you, there's grace there, but like I'm not going to let myself get... Because I am coming into subjection of my spirit that is connected to God. And what happens is we go through a little bit of a detox, not just a physical detox, a soulish detox. Where like, you, know, you can go through this like, oh, I just feel terrible. And da, da, da. But then after a while, you're like, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. No, God, and you come into this place of rest with the Lord. You come into this place of rest where, no, no, I, I am I'm living from a place of being connected, my heart to God, my mind under subjection to my spirit, my body under subjection to my mind. Yeah? And that's what happens in fasting. That, it brings things in order. So that's, um, you know, we, we, don't, we don't fast to, it's not a hunger strike. Fasting is not a hunger strike. We're like, God, I want you to do this thing for me. Like, I want a 300-acre property for $100,000. And I'm going to fast until I get it. <laughs> like, no, it's not a hunger strike. It's not a hunger strike. It's, it's this place of saying, God, I'm going to come. I'm going to come and I, I'm, I'm going to love on you. I'm fasting to draw near to you to hear what you would say to me. Right? I'm fasting to quiet the noise in my mind. I'm fasting to quiet the noise in my body. And I'm coming into your presence. And God, I come. Before you, I want to hear your voice. I want to draw near to you. That's what fasting does. That's why we fast, to draw near to the Lord. Yeah? To draw near, to give up something. It's, it's a voluntary paying of price. It's a voluntary laying down something. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18, it says this, And when, tell your neighbor, say when. It doesn't say and if. It says and when. And when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, (laughs) for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head. Now, we don't really anoint our heads to, unless you're like spraying cologne on or something. But like in those days, they would anoint their head. You know, they would, they would uh, and it would, it would give like this glow. It would, it would, it would, that's how they went into their day. Right? So it says, anoint your head. Do what you normally do. Anoint your head. Wash your face. (laughs) That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Yeah? And so there's this place of like, we're not fasting for the glory of God. We're not fasting for the attention and the audience of people. Sorry, I said that wrong. I said we're not fasting for the glory of man. We are fasting for the glory of God. I heard that like after I said it, and I'm like, that didn't sound right. So we are fasting for the glory of God. And so we're, we're not fasting for the audience of people. We're fasting for the audience of one, the audience of God. Yeah? And the Father who sees in secret, who knows what you walk through, who knows the, the struggle of what it takes to get your heart in the right place, even when you're tired and grumpy and hungry, right? And you come into this place of, 
the, the goal is, and it usually takes about a week, but like you, you come into this place of like just honestly like this rested place of God where the sh- you're not struggling anymore. You're not struggling anymore. And so it's a, it's a wonderful place. All right. Acts chapter 10, verse 30 says this. It says, and Cornelius said four days ago, this is when uh, Cornelius and Peter, you know, were, were, uh, God was bringing them together. And Cornelius is sharing his side of the story. And he says, four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. So he had this encounter with, with an angel. And, and that word there, praying, is actually the Greek word for fasting. So Cornelius was fasting. He was praying, and that's where uh, Brian says it. Brian Souter says that fasting is a wordless prayer. It's a wordless prayer. It's this place of saying, I'm submitting, I, I am in, excuse me, intentionally for a short period of time subjecting myself, subjecting my heart, subjecting my body under the lordship of Jesus Christ, and I, in that, it becomes a wordless prayer. It speaks in the heavenlies and in the spirit realm. So as we fast and worship, uh, the, we're, we're having, you heard in the announcements, we're having a night of worship tonight, we're having a night of worship uh, next Sunday night, and then the next Sunday night. So I'm going to invite you to all come out to that. We're, we're just going to go for what the Holy Spirit wants. Amen? We're going for what God wants. We're like prophetic song, spontaneous song, whatever, like ministry, whatever, word, like we just want to play it. Uh, be in a place, create a place for us to encounter the presence of the Lord. Amen? And this is what happens in Acts chapter 13, verse 2. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Tell your neighbor, say, worshiping the Lord and fasting. There's a, there's a place of worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set apart to me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them. See, when we voluntarily restrict our appetites in order to draw near to the Lord, and when we voluntarily submit uh, to God saying, I want, I want you, not on my terms. Really, that's kind of what fasting does. Is it's saying, like, God, I want you. How many of you want God? We all do, right? Like, we all want God. But, but sometimes we want God on our terms. <laughs> sometimes we want God on our terms. And fasting says, God, I want you on your terms. Like, I want you how you want to minister into my life. And sometimes, you know, we want God to bless us, but we don't always want God to like dig in deep in our past and, and, and kind of put his finger on some of those things that happened, you know, like what Todd was talking about. And God said, no, 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 I, you know, I'm going to dig in there because I want you healed there so that I can launch you, right? So like there's this place of saying, God, fasting allows me to come near to you, and it, lo- it allows me to submit to you and encounter you on your terms, not just on my terms. There was a whole bunch of theologians that got together a couple, uh, a couple well, uh, many decades ago, they got together, and they said, like, we're going to figure out what is the purpose of life, right? That's a, that's a major question that mankind has had for a long time. And a bunch of theologians got together and, and, and they, they hashed it out and they, they came up with this. And it's in, the, it's in uh, you know, the, the, the one, of, one of the catechisms. It's, it's that the chief purpose of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him fully. To glorify God and enjoy Him fully. 
I don't know about you, that's my heart for 2023. Man, I want to enjoy God. I want to glorify Him and enjoy Him fully. That means that everything, Todd prayed it, everything that God has for us this year, I want to receive it. You say, well, that sounds proud and arrogant. No, no, no. That's not proud and arrogant. That's, that's, that's like saying, I'm not going to let the devil withhold anything that God has for me. Like, no. I want to receive everything that God has for me. Every freedom, every victory, every place of intimacy with Him, every place that we're walking with Him, and direction and purpose, all of that. Amen? So, like, like there, there's this place of saying, God, I want to enjoy you fully. I want to glorify you. You know, sometimes we have things that happen in our life and we blame God for it. And, and Jesus says this. This is interesting to me because um, sometimes I've seen people lose their healing or lose something that God has done for them. And I don't want to, I'm, I'm not trying to create a theology here, okay? But I just want to put this out there for you to consider. When Jesus encounters the, the man who was born blind, and he was born blind from birth. And he was over 30 or over 40 years old. I forget. Um, I think he was over 40 because the, the, his parents said, no, he's a, he's a man uh, of, of standing. You can just ask him. And to do that, he had to be over a certain age to be able to speak in the synagogue. So like Jesus encounters him. And the disciples say, Jesus, who sinned? His parents or him that he was born blind? And Jesus says, no, but he's here so that the glory of God may be revealed. And there's a part of me that says, wow, that guy had to go through like 40 years of blindness just for that moment. But I don't think that's what necessarily what Jesus was saying. I think what Jesus is saying is that's not the right question. The right question is I'm here now, and the right question is that the glory of God, the purpose is, the purpose of healing is that God would be glorified. What happens when we get here? See, the purpose of healing is not our comfort. Like, praise God if like pain gets healed and we are then comfortable. But the purpose of God is not our comfort. The purpose of God, the purpose of healing is His glorification. The purpose of breakthrough financially, the purpose of God working in our lives is the testimony that glorifies Him. And when we don't glorify Him with something that He does, we miss the purpose of it. And sometimes we can wind up losing it. Now, I'm not saying that to like cause a fear. But what I'm saying is we need to understand that the purpose of the miracle working power of God is for the glorification of His name. Amen? And that's why we are called to give testimonies. We're called to share about what God does. We're called to share about how He leads us in, in, in different areas of life, whether it's a physical healing, whether there's things... Ha- I, I'm mm, Sorry. <clears throat> you know, whether it's a physical healing, whether it's God like bringing breakthrough, I just, I need to walk this morning. Whether it's God bringing breakthrough, you know, financially, whether it's God bringing breakthrough relationally, like we need to be able to share that. And sometimes we can get hung up to be like, oh, 
I, I, can't, I can't share that like I was in that place relationally, that our marriage was on the rocks or, or that because people know me then and they didn't, they didn't know that about me. I wasn't open about that. And sometimes pride keeps us from sharing the testimonies of God. And there, then what happens is the people who are supposed to be encouraged by our testimonies aren't encouraged and they walk around depressed and oppressed. Because they didn't hear our testimony, which stirs faith, which allows God to work in their life. We need to come humbly and say, man, if it's not for God, like, I am a messed up puppy without the Lord. Come on. I am as much in need of grace as every single purpose, every single other person in the world. Yeah? Yeah? So there's not this image that we have to uphold. What the image we have to uphold is the image of God. The glory of God. Like we exist for the purposes of God. We exist in our lives for the glory of God. Hey, yeah, you walk through a hard time. You walk through a challenge and God brings, you're still here. God brings you through that. Man, that's a testimony. That is a testimony. Amen? All right. Okay, there is a hopeful optimism from the Lord for over 2023. I believe that good things are ahead. There may be naysayers out there. There might be challenges that pop up, but the Lord knows how to take care of his own. The Lord knows how to take care of his own. And listen, the amazing thing about the kingdom of God is even when it doesn't work out, it works out. Like every one of us, who have given our lives to Jesus, are going to wind up in heaven, in eternity, in glory. Amen? Come on. We have reason to hope. We have reason to be in hope. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Uh, uh, sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. It says this, We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father. Listen, I believe in 2023, there's going to be some works of faith to accomplish. There's going to be some works of faith to accomplish, which means it, it's, not, it's not just our own strength. It is our own strength, but it's not only that. It's our own strength matched with God's strength, plan, and purpose for our life and faith that brings that together, that causes our works and God's will providing a landing strip for it. And what happens is we see God manifest in our midst. And when I say manifest in our midst, I, I you know, that is in every area of the kingdom. So that means like direction, uh, specific direction for our lives that maybe sets us up uh, relationally, uh, connections, relational connections. It also, it might set us up financially. There might be some things where le the Lord leads us. Maybe he leads us in victory, out of bondage. Maybe some things have been like life controlling stuff in our life and he, he takes us step by step and leads us out of bondage. Maybe there's areas where we need to grow in our understanding of his word and will over our lives and he, he teaches us that. That's what I'm talking about, the manifestations of God and the manifestations of his kingdom. And yes, healings and yes, miracles and yes, signs and wonders. Amen? But like all of it, we want the whole kingdom. Come on, for the glory of God, that we exist for the glory of God. 
And so I believe that there's going to be works that need to be accomplished in 2023 that are going to require faith. There are works of faith. They're going to require faith. It means that you can't do it on our own. I can't do it on my own. It's going to, to take a full contribution plus God's strength. There are impossibilities to overcome in 2023. There, we're going to need to hear the voice of God. Just, just like what happened uh, when they in Acts, when they fasted and prayed, worshipped and fasted, the Lord spoke. And so there's this place of as we worship the Lord and as we fast, the Lord will speak to each one of us about our life, about next steps. He might speak to our hearts. He might speak to us through Scripture. He might speak to us through an encouraging word, through a friend, through someone prophesying, ministering. Somebody might be teaching something. But the Lord is going to speak to you as you worship and fast. Okay? I believe that there's going to be labors of love that we need to commit to. People that God will bring into our life to serve and that it will take commitment. Um, opportunities to serve that will feel deeply fulfilling, but also like you're being poured out as a drink offering, okay? Times where you will need to f um, be the most consistent person or the most consistent voice or the most consistent influence in a certain sphere, right? One time, uh, when I, when, the very first time we planted a church, uh, a, a pastor who had been in ministry for a long time, he came up to me and said, Merle, you don't recognize it, but when you plan a church, you are committing to be the most consistent person in that church. You're committing, you're going to show up whether anybody shows up or not. You're going to, you know, vacuum whether you need to vacuum. Thank you, for, Sharif, for vacuuming the front this morning. You know, like, you know, like you're, you're going to do, you're going to take out the trash and you're going to preach. And sometimes you're going to leave worship. Like, like there's just, when you, when you start a church, you are everything. It's like when you start a business, you are the CEO and the trash collector, right? Like, I mean, just that you, you do that. You're, what you're doing is you're committing to being the most consistent person. And then God brings us into certain spheres in life, and maybe it's, it's you know, circles of friends or relationships or business partners or whatever where God is going to require and say, hey, I want you to be the most com consistent person. It's going to be a labor of love, but you're going to be the most consistent person. It would be deeply fulfilling, but it's going to feel like you're being poured out. Like Paul says, I've been poured out as a drink offering. Okay? Patient, patience of hope. I think there's this, this place of, um, that's the next thing here that's listed in the scripture in 1 Thessalonians, is patience of hope, where we are committed to patiently posturing ourselves in hope in life. And I, I love a hope-filled outlook in life. We, above all people, should have hope. Amen? Because even like when our body fails and we wind up going to heaven, that's something to have joy about. Come on. Right? I mean, <laughs> we're all going to live forever. I don't want this body forever. <laughs> you know? Like, I'll, I'll take the glorified body amen, that Jesus is going to bring with him. Amen? Come on. So, like, but patiently staying in hope. And what that sometimes means is a refusal to not live in hope. A rejection of you know, anything that tries to take hope away. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, you guys know this well because it's one of my favorite verses. It says, now may the God of hope, God allows himself to be named as the God of hope. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Chris Valentin wrote this uh, a, a few uh, weeks ago. He says, when you live in hope, any thought in your mind that does not inspire hope is rooted in a lie. So when something goes wrong, a transformed mind thinks, oh, this is going to work out. I don't know how, but this is going to work out. Yeah? All right? When you live in hope, the impossible becomes possible. Our heart becomes transformed. Our mind becomes transformed. When God says that he's going to do something that's never happened before, you believe that it's possible. God's going to do it. Yeah? 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, what we just read there, talks about a work of faith and a labor of love and steadfastness of hope. That word steadfastness, thank you, Lord, is... Uh, it means this. It means cheerful endurance. It means cheerful endurance. It's the hyponym. Uh, oh man, I'm going to mess that one. Hyponymy. Hypomony. It means cheerful or hopeful endurance or constancy. Okay. In Revelation chapter two, verses one to two, John is writing to the Ephesian church, and he's writing to the church of Ephesus. And so he's writing to them, and by inspiration, he says, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, and your patience. But see here, they had lost something. The Thessalonians said, your works of faith, your labors of love, your hopeful perseverance, your hopeful patience. And if you think about like Ephesus, John's writing to the Ephesian church. Ephesus is like, they were the ones who had the most structure. The, you know, I mean, they talked about fivefold ministry. They talked about the power and the presence of God. They talked about grace by, uh, through uh, grace, <laughs> by, salvation by grace through faith. Right? They talked about marriage and like, hey guys, like we, we need to we need to teach people how to get along, husbands and wives. They talked about the presence of Jesus. They talked about all these things, and yet they, you know, more so, they're they're probably the most uh, the the epistle to the Ephesians is probably the most robust, um, mature scripture that we have like the Thessalonians they're dealing with people who are like in incest right like they're like look y'all got to stop sleeping around right all right like you know the Galatians is like you know dealing with the Judaizers like who's truth who's trying to take you back into bondage of being more religious right Ephesians he's like no we're building here but it's the Ephesian church that John writes to in Revelation chapter 2 and says listen you've lost something he says I'm bringing you back to your first love Come back to your first love, your first love, your first love. And so I believe that there's, there's things of faith, right? I mean, I'm not saying that anybody's lost their first love. If, if you have, man, God wants to restore it back to you in Jesus' name. He wants to restore back your first love. And there's a commitment to first love. I mean, you're here on the first day of the year, right? And, and this, is, you know, this is part of the 21-day fast is we're committing to the first part of the year, to our first love, to get our lives in alignment and in order with God, amen, with, with our own uh, heart before the Lord. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 
Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you feel beat up from 2022, man, I believe this scripture is for you. Amen? All right? Like, praise God if you're coming out of 2022 into 2023, flying. Woo! You know, but if you're not, it's okay. But this scripture, I believe, is for you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light says the Lord. And so in verse 2 of Revelation chapter 2 is, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and that you've tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. Verse 3, and you've persevered and you have, have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. See, we can get so busy doing the works of God that we, we, we lose our first love of him. We lose our first love with him. So I want to remind us of that this morning. The first love in the first day of the year. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 says that we love him because he first loved us. If you say, Merle, my, my first love has grown dim and I don't know what it's going to take to reignite it. All it takes is receiving his love because he loves us first. It's not our works. It's saying, God, I, I receive your love for me. Because we love him because he first loves us. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 13 says, So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. And the greatest of these is love. Can we stand together? Worship team, you can come. I want to read this story as we end off this, the message here this morning, I want to read this story, and, and it's out of Luke chapter 10. It was a, a true event, a real event that happened in verse 38 to 42. It says, Now as they went their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. She was listening to the voice of the Lord. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus, which wasn't allowed, by the way, at that time, <laughs> culturally. But there she was. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to come and help me. Verse 41, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. I want to invite us today, as we are on the first day of this year, to make this year a year of choosing the good thing. Choosing the good thing. Choosing to sit at his feet. Choosing to grow in our first love. Choosing to grow in our relationship with him. Choosing, yes, he's going to speak. Yes, his kingdom is going to come. Yes, all of the promises are going to happen. Yes, all of that. But it comes first from first love. Seeking him first. What is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's what we got to do first. It's what we got to do first. So we got to do first. I believe the Newport Church is, a, is going to be a community and is a community 
of people filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit and with life. Fully alive in the plans and purposes of God. Fully human. There ain't nobody here who's perfect, including me. All you have to do is ask my wife. Yeah? But fully alive in the plans and purposes of God. Amen? I I believe that we can walk in the fullness of all that God has provided for us. That is my hope. That's my dream for you. That's my dream for us as a church. It's my dream for us as a movement in Dove International is to walk in the fullness of all that God has provided for us. Amen? So let's go before the Lord. Father, we choose you today. If that's you, if maybe, maybe uh, even just kind of backing up to what Todd was ministering about and how God was taking him back to a point of pain that happened in early in, in his years and, and, and God was bringing healing to some of that wound. And, you know, maybe that's you. Maybe you also have had encounters like that where uh, early in your childhood, stuff you want to shut out, stuff that maybe even your mind has partially blocked stuff that that you want to ignore and God wants to go back there and bring healing there, I I believe that the Lord just wants to touch you there uh, in that place and bring healing so that you can walk in freedom and you can walk in victory. If you're here and you say like, God, I, 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 I need my first love ignited for you again. I've been busy, I've been faithful, I've been doing the works, you know, like the, the, the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and said, I've done all the commandments, like what else? There, there's still something missing, what else do I need to do? And Jesus says, sell everything you have and come and follow me. Give it to the poor, then come and follow me. There's an abandonment to the purposes of God over our lives. And maybe you have that hunger as well, but you say, I... I want my first love to be reignited again. I want my first love to be reignited again. We're just, we're going to sing a worship song here and just take time before the Lord to come into his presence. Let him heal what needs to be healed. Let him start the healing journey if it's a start, or if it's, if you've already started that healing journey and it's just the next step, you know, the next portion that gets healed, great. You know, or if, if you're just, coming to the Lord saying, God, I, I just, I, I commit to being a Mary this year, to sitting at your feet and receiving the best portion, receiving the best portion of what you have for me. I receive it, God. If that's you, I just, I want to invite you wherever you're at to take that step of faith with the Lord, to take that step of faith. And over these next 21 days, I believe the Lord's going to speak uh, to, to individuals. He's going to speak, give direction, give clarity, give purpose, and all of these things. But let's start here. Let's start at the, at the first love. Let's start at this place and worship the Lord. So, Father, I thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts this morning. I thank you for the work that you're doing in 2023 already. And, God, you're the first one that gets to work on our hearts, God. You're the first one, Lord, that gets to lead us and talk to us. God, I thank you, Lord. So even as we tithe of this year, even as we give, Lord, the, the, the time of this year, the first 21 days, and I guess the first, the tithe would be 36 and a half days, but Lord, we, we, we come to you. God, and we make you first, please. You are our first love. Thank you for your love for us. I pray for a fresh baptism of the love of God. In Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for faith stirred. Faith that comes by hearing of your word. In Jesus' name. Not faith in things that we desire, but faith in things that you desire, God. As you bring us into the manifestation of your name for our generation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, we come. We come. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, it's about your heart to just say, God, I come to you. I repent of my sin. I recognize I'm in need of a Savior. I thank you that Jesus paid the price on the cross. He paid what I could not pay so that I could be reignited, reunited with you, God. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me and lead me. I give my life to you, Father. I give my life to you, God. If, that, if you've never done that, I invite you to pray that prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I give you my life. I repent of all the wrong things that I have done. I ask that you take my life and make something beautiful. What you've dreamed about from the beginning of time over me, I surrender to it. Thank you that Jesus paid the price and he died for my, on my behalf and that in his death, I am made new. And as he raised again from the dead, I am made alive. Give me your spirit. Fill me to overflowing. Lead me from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, let us know. We would love to give you a gift. If you're online, let us know. Send an email to info at newportchurch.net. But let's take some time and just let the Lord minister to our heart as we close out this morning. Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.